Dadcast, episode 13, Unlucky for Some. Always a good time. Listen, you guys have a good time. Talk about things that I don't care about, like uh, eye crap. And oh, <laughs> speaking of eye crap, my eye crap is dead. Oh, really? Again? Yes, I'm back to my Treo 680. <laughs> oh no way! Wow. <laughs> what, what, would you fall down the stairs? Fall down the train? What would what, you do? No, no. I tried to. I tried. The battery is draining, so I tried to plug it in so I could recharge it, and it doesn't work. So Oops. I went. I went to. I was in the office this week, and I said, "Listen, it doesn't charge." She goes, "Are you sure?" I said. Am I sure? I've, tr- I've been trying for a week to charge it. I said, actually, no, that's not true. I can charge it if I hold it so. Look, don't move. I said, I'm not holding like this for three hours. It's one of those <laughs> things, you know, you have to place it and, and slightly put enough pressure so that it can make the connection. Oh, okay, yeah. So why don't, why don't they just want to, if, if they're letting you use a 680, why don't they just let you uh, buy your own iPhone and expense it or something? They're not gonna. They're not gonna approve that big expense. But they're gonna give me a Samsung Jack. Woohoo! Oh, a Samsung dear. what? Jack, another a, piece of crap. A blackjack? No, Samsung Jack. Yeah, it's the blackjack because we had the Ace um, for a while. It's it's a, it's just awful. Remember the Motorola Q? Yeah. It's one step down from that. So here's what you do: take the train, go to the Point Claire train <laughs> station, <laughs> open the door, and push. <laughs> I mean, does, do they really care what what device you use as long as it, it's well, as long as they can get the mail right? As long as no. See, the thing is, they will not pay for uh, uh, for an iPhone. They'll let me pay for it, but they won't pay for it. No. Okay, so dude, you buy yourself like a hundred dollar iPhone off off eBay. I think we think you did this in Dadcast number seven, but let me reiterate: buy yourself a hundred dollar iPhone off of eBay. And you won't have this problem. Do it. <laughs> you know you want to. www.ebay.ca It's easy. Or KGG. How All many right. G's in that? Uh, Dree. <laughs> Let's see. There's an iPhone. No, that's an AT&T. First, I don't want an AT&T. Well, it doesn't matter, right? It's unlocked. Oh, yeah. It You're has to be unlocked. Anyways. You're going to jailbreak it anyways. Well, there's here. There's an Apple iPhone 3G 8 gig black unlocked. New from 526 used for $241. $241? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You get a new one with contract for $99. Yeah. Bucks. It's a three-year you know chain. Do? You know what you do, Steph? It's a three-year chain. It's a nice yeah, chain. Yeah, three-year chain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I I saw you. I saw you uh, publicly touting uh, Rogers out there today. Are you sure you're not getting a kickback as part of your uh, contract? He just asked who's the best carrier. It's the only one I know uh, that I've ever used an iPhone. No kickbacks. No. Okay. To, to anybody who's just who's just pop, popping on this, uh, Doctor Tiki from Tiki Bar TV was on Twitter today asking uh, who set who which carrier has the best iPhone <laughs> deal in in Canada. And I uh, quickly replied that uh, they're all the same, um, as long as you don't mind bending over. But go ahead, and, sorry. And, anyways, and then and then a bunch of other people replied, and everybody. Some people were, were touting that that Bell was the best, uh, the best network, which is kind of weird because they've had the network up and running for about four hours. Um, so uh, to that, I immediately tweeted. Um, <laughs> actually, actually, I quoted Admiral Akbar and said, "It's a trap." Uh, they make T-shirts of that now. <laughs> yeah. 
I know, I love that. I <laughs> so want one. And, uh, and, and you, Mr. Magoo, decides, hey, speak to, uh, to Rogers Dave. He'll cut you a good deal. I didn't deal. say that. I, I, so, all I said was, well, you were, you were very apologetic I said, about Rogers. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Rogers does a good thing. And, which is kind of neat and it's a nice little tie in, and I'm actually considering it. Um, their rocket stick now has free roaming in the U.S. And you can tie... Are you sure it's free roaming? Because last time I checked on, on some of the other networks, it was uh-uh. 6 bucks the a megabyte. The Rocket Stick now has free roaming in the U.S. It was announced a week or two ago. And but you're, you're roaming, roaming on, on AT&T, AT&T right? <laughs> so you well, have no network. But, <laughs> but uh, you, you could basically uh, tie it in. If you get the, the right account... You can actually, and I think it's like a fifty-dollar, uh, you know, data voice plan or whatever. Uh, but it's not an iPhone plan. Uh, you can tie your Rocket Stick to your iPhone, and then let's say you get two gigs of data. You can share the data as long as you use it between those two devices. As long as the co- combined usage is less than two gigs, you're fine. So then you just take that Rocket Stick. You go to the states. Your iPhone can't roam, but your Rocket Stick can. At least you have connectivity. You're not paying, you know, you're bleeding out the ear. And so far, Bell and TELUS haven't matched that. So for me, that's a huge game changer. Hey, quick question, Jeff. Are you selling an iPhone? Because there's one 20 Am kilometers. Am I selling an me. iPhone? Like, personally? There's one, no, I don't, I don't have an iPhone. I have an iPad <laughs> Nano. <laughs> Which doesn't have GPS, right? No, it doesn't have GPS. It has Wi-Fi location, though. <laughs> which, which doesn't work so great, but uh, but I can get that. I can get the uh, the Magellan or the TomTom uh, GPS sled uh, for it, and and I could have a, an in-car GPS um, GPS solution, which is actually I'm considering because I used to have um, an HP iPack uh, PDA, the HX twenty four fifteen. It had a comp. Unlike Svan's iPack, this actually was pretty good. It ran Windows. Mobile 5, I think it was, anyways, the first version of it. But um, it had a SD card slot and a CF card slot. And um, somebody whom I know uh, managed to find me the TomTom application um, that would turn your iPack into a TomTom unit. All you needed was a GPS. And so I bought a CF card GPS receiver from Pharos. And I had myself an, uh, an in-car GPS unit. It was great, you know. But I went to Quebec City last week. And I didn't want to get my iPack stolen, you know, because they're so rare. Uh, so I, I, I did the sled. And I put the uh, put the iPack in the glove box, closed the glove box, realizing the glove box was probably way too full. And didn't realize until I came back to the car, I cracked my screen on my iPack. It won't load anymore. So I now have a an amazing processor with no screen for a, a GPS unit that still tells me I'm the wrong way and recalculating and turn left now. So I, I'm 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 reading an article right now on twofatdazda.com about which GPS. Well, it's a great great little. <laughs> like that article yeah, really. needs more hits. If we go down, back all the way to episode one and a little bit of episode two, I was talking about you know looking forward to the Navigon and the TomTom software until they got released, and you know 
Navigon slowly yeah. gotten back to me for a uh, uh, review version of their software. <laughs> but a colleague of mine who was on the trip with me had it on his iPhone. Yeah. So we, we used it. I had a, uh, a rental, rental car um, GPS that I, uh, I, I got with the car. But he said, no, no, let's use this. It's really good. So I said, fine. So he starts giving me directions. And uh, we end up in the downtown area of the, uh, the suburb we were in, Main Street, dead center in the middle. It had no clue where we wanted to go. And eventually had to kick on the Garmin that, that was in the car. And we were like 10 miles away from where we needed to be. And you know, it took us another you know, 15 and minutes this, or so to is, get this there. This is Navigon's GPS. Navigon's GPS. It on was your iPhone. horribly useless. Okay. Uh, you know, and this is a a large metro area. Like we weren't in the middle of the of of the country or anything. So, do you think that's because iPhones using their their assisted GPS? Or I mean, if you had turned on your Google Maps, would you have been in that? Would you would you have been in that same location? Or oh, what no, would have happened? It, it knew exactly where we were. It just gave us bad directions. It brought ah. us to, basically it said, "Oh, you know what? I don't know where you 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 you, you want to go at some point. But uh, this is a nice place. Check it out. Here's here's downtown Main Street." And maybe you can ask somebody. I think is basically <laughs> what it was telling you. So, um, what's that? What's that thing you do, Steph? You when you get lost uh, in a strange city? Well, the the best trick I found is you just stop where you are, look at a map, and you you know, and if if nothing happens, basically turn up your radio, stand outside looking at a map. Eventually. Someone's going to say on the radio, "There's a moron pulled over on such and such a street who's blocking traffic." And then you'll know where you are. <laughs> That's kind of like assisted yeah, was, GPS. <laughs> yeah, it's very assisted. It didn't cost me anything. <laughs> and, and, I, and I believe it comes with most CAA memberships. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should get the sled, if I should uh, if I should hold off, get an iPhone, or if I should just go into Costco and get a cheap TomTom or... Uh, or what to do, but I'm a little bit annoyed because, like, I looked at I looked at a replacement screen for because uh, you can still buy replacement parts eh, for these uh, these iPack stuff. A replacement touch screen for an iPack costs eighty bucks. Uh, a ch- the cheapest TomTom at Costco, or I think they only sell Garmin at Costco actually, so I, could, I wouldn't go there. But the cheapest TomTom on Amazon costs about a hundred and ten dollars. So what do you do? Uh, I say go TomTom. Yeah, and the sled the sled costs about a hundred bucks too. The, the iPhone sled or the iPod Touch sled. So, and uh, and and while you're using your iPod Touch as a GPS, you can't listen to your cool podcasts like this one, which you can get on on uh, on iTunes by searching for Two Fat Dads," and automatically you find it. Subscribe and please rate us. We love you. Um, <laughs> moving straight along, <laughs> I suck at ads. Did you ever notice that? Brought to you by. Brought to you by Bitburger and Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, nice. Okay. But no, you know what? Like you say, I've been doing a lot of traveling lately, and uh, you know, the GPS stuff is great to have in your back pocket as an iPhone. I wouldn't rely on it. But another technology story, which is kind of neat, is I've taken two trips recently. Um, the first one uh, on Delta, second one as well, and two way different experiences. Um, I'm in. Uh, the first of my st- like two way different experiences. Um, I'm in uh, the first of my st- like at the layover at the hub, and um, uh, we were slightly delayed. 
My phone rings after we've landed, you know, and you can turn your phones on again, whatever. My phone rings. Go hello. Nobody answers. So I'm about to hang up, and it's one of these automated messages from Delta saying, oh, well, you know, your flight was delayed. We've readjusted everything. You're on this flight, that time, this gate. And if anything, you know, you know, hit this to replay. Otherwise, you know, whatever. And a phone number to call if we had any, if I had any questions. I said, it's fantastic. I didn't have, meanwhile, the flight attendant's running around with a piece of paper trying to get people organized and, you know, make their connections and all this other stuff. I'm thinking, I'm set. So I think Delta's the best. I, you know, first time I'm flying with them, nothing, nothing bad to say. Well, last Thursday, I'm flying again on Delta, trying to come home. And it was a Thursday, and it was a big storm on the East Coast. I said, I wonder if our flight's going to be canceled. Not worried about the flight being able to land in Montreal, just worried about the flight that the, the plane that's going to bring us uh, bring me home is actually going to make it into Detroit because maybe it snowed in somewhere else. But sure enough, our plane's there. So I said, oh, you know, all these flights are being canceled, but our plane's there. The wheel breaks. So they spend an hour and a half with this poor guy schlepping under the wheel trying to fix this thing to tell us to change gates. We're going to get a different plane. So we change gates. And we get to the other one, uh, and they say, oh, well, you know, we don't have a flight crew for you. We have a plane, but no crew. I say, well, there must have been a crew for the other plane. So they send us downstairs, and Detroit's a hub for Delta, an and ex-Northwest hub, I should say. And ever since the merger where the combined company was renamed Delta Airlines, um, the system that they installed was actually the older Delta system, which is one of these old uh, DOS-type systems where everything is typed in. There's no drop-downs. There's no auto-populating. So if you put a zero instead of an O, it's lost, right? So they were manually tapping us all in. I'm saying, well, the phone call will come any second now. No phone call. Oh, the phone call will come. No phone call. So I said, oh. Meanwhile, a uh, day that started at 5 in the morning finally left me at a quality inn at the airport at 9.30 that night just to fly out the next morning. And I'm saying, how could the technology work so well one time and utterly fail the next? And I'm still trying to puzzle that out. You know, if, if I had my little mom and pop shop, you figure, you know what, something happened, it broke. But for a company like Delta to have this great <laughs> system that sort of reorganizes everybody and then all of a sudden, you know, nothing. And then they're, they're people, the actual, you know, the... The, the the mechanical Turk part of things just failed utterly on the other end. So it was just a huge fail uh, all in all. So people uh, and technology and just technology on its own automation utterly failed. I, you know, I it's been hit and miss um, on 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 a, a couple of flights I've taken uh, actually through even through Air Canada where um, you know they they you'll you'll get a ticket but they don't actually book you a seat. So they overbook the flight, and uh, and then you show up, and then you're like, you know, three seconds uh, uh, too late to 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 claim your seat, and then so you're, you're like, oh, well, what do you do? Well, we have another flight going at ten o'clock, and you're like, well, it's seven thirty in the morning. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, stuff like that, which I don't really understand. And for some reason, airlines have gotten carte blanche to just royally screw around with passengers and and generally just completely destroy your life whenever they please and without any repercussion oh it's not our responsibility if the flight is canceled uh, it's not our fault it's not our fault it's not our fault and and yet uh 
you know, we just seem to continuously put up with it. Well, if the flight is canceled for weather, like almost everybody else at that airport that day, you're on your own. It's up to you to get a hotel. In our case, we were lucky they put us up, but because the wheel was broken. If it's a mechanical failure, they'll put you up. But if they can weasel out of it, and they will. And by the way, that um, you know, uh, unassigned seat and overbooking, they all do that. And this is the worst part. If you're a diligent planner and you're planning a, a trip and you say, you know what, I know I'm going in three weeks and you buy your ticket, you spend 500 bucks, 800 bucks on your ticket and you figure I'm set, right? Well, most of the time they won't assign you a seat number. And it's the person who calls in that week before the flight who pays a premium on their ticket, say $1,200 for their ticket or more, and they'll assign a seat number to that person. And they will bump the guy who has the three-week-old ticket because they want to make that extra margin on that more expensive ticket. So they'll give you $200 and say, here's, you know, we'll give you a free flight in Canada or $400 voucher in the States. That's what they did to a lot of people on that Friday, uh, Thursday was, uh, oh yeah, $400, you can fly anywhere in the US, right? And they're still making money because the difference in the two ticket prices is even bigger than what they're giving you as a... Um, as a sort of a reward for your patients or your business or whatever. And they will try to book, fill every plane with the most expensive you know, ticket you know, I, every I time. I think it's sad when an industry has to rely on, on uh, cheap, cheating, uh, downright immoral, or I, you know, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh, tactics like that to try to make a profit than actually have a, a viable business plan that makes sense. You know, uh, these planes can't fly unless they're full. Uh, and, and they can't fly and make money, sorry, unless they're full. So, uh, you know, they do all this kind of crazy stuff to make things happen. And it's just, it's just sad when, when the, you know, um, maybe there are too many airlines, you know, like maybe, maybe a couple of them do have to die off and, and, and take away, but yet that leaves you in a position where what, ha what happens in Canada, where you have Air Canada that that go out to all these small places and they have the monopoly so hey you want to go to sydney nova scotia yeah seven thousand dollars please but it only cost me 600 to get to england yeah but sydney nova scotia is far away what are you talking about far away i'm going to england it's cheaper no i was sydney nova you know this is the kind of ridiculous thing that i don't understand and 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 yet there are companies like porter who uh, have small planes, um, continue, almost continuously uh, full. Uh, they're polite. You get a small meal. They seem to operate a, a good business plan, and they do well. Yet, you know, like this, I this, I guess, it's just not enough enough of these porters around, and 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 the, maybe maybe I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is to the airline industry, but it's definitely an industry that is sick. It is an industry that 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 is probably far worse off than the automobile industry in, in America, and and it's just a sign of the times that that you know it's not the glory days anymore. Or do you like me take the train? I I'd love to take the train. I'd love to I'm take thinking the train. About I, it. I, I want I want to take the train up to Quebec City, but the uh, if I if I take the train to Quebec City, I I can I have to take the commuter train from here to uh, Bonaventure because the Via Rail train at Dorval. Uh, doesn't go to Quebec City. So I have to take a commuter train. The commuter train, sure, I can take a 5 o'clock commuter train or a 6 o'clock, whatever the earliest commuter train is. I get at uh, Lucien Lallier or, or Garwinzar or whatever the, the four-square station that Stephen goes to uh, is. 
three minutes before the via train or ten minutes before the via train leaves. There's no way you can check in and get and get there as as well. And it arrives in Quebec City at nine thirty. When do most people most customers book their their, their meetings in in these regions? Nine o'clock, really, usually. So it's not really smart. You know, you want to have, and there's there's no high speed train link between Montreal and Quebec, so it's not really worth it either. Um, and Montreal to Toronto, it, it's as it's as long as driving, six hour train ride. What's the point? You might as well, you know, you, you can drive for six hours and be more comfortable. Because you're not you're not taking the right train because there's a there's a high speed train. Well, if you want to call it high speed, it's a it's a faster train. Where it's not the milk the run Toronto train that goes to all the way to Toronto. It's yeah. not that. It's a four-hour. It's it's instead of a six-hour, it's a four-hour four check. Yeah, and yet I can get on a plane yeah, a four, and forty-five minutes later, I'm there. Check. Yeah, well, you Plus know, six you're hours like, yeah. at the airport. That's true. Like you're saying, you know, it's seven thousand dollars to go to yeah. you know PEI or you know, it it that's the point. I mean, if you can force the hand of the bigger guy saying, "Listen, we're sick and tired of your stuff," you know, help us out here. We're the ones who are stupid enough to pay big bucks to go from A to B. Well, you know what? I'm going to find an alternate way to get from A to B. And if everybody starts doing that in a perfect world, well, you know, stuff will get done. And as, done, as a web developer, I feel even more stupid uh, flying and taking the train and even getting in a car these days when I know full well I can have a very, very good and very, very great, you know, um, uh, virtual meeting uh, with a webcam, uh, you know, or even our in our office, we have, we're lucky. We have video conferencing units, point-to-point uh, uh, -point video conferencing units between our different offices. So bring the customer to, to their office and bring the customer to this office. And you, you can, you know, I'm, I'm showing our product. So it's not very hard. It's, I'm, not make, I'm not closing a sale. You know, I'm just I'm just doing a little bit of training. I mean, sure, there are some people who need to go out. They need to shake hands. They need to make that deal happen. You know, that I can understand. But in many cases, the, a lot of the meetings that happen these days don't even need to be face to face. They can very very easily be done through through uh, through web conferencing or video conferencing or even audio conferencing. So it may I feel even worse when I get on get into the car and drive three hours to Quebec City these days simply because you know I just know that it's a complete waste of of money and resources. Well, you know there are um, uh, air air industry that, that 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 are working. Like if you look at Ryanair, yeah, they do, in in Europe they do very well. You know, and you know what, like a ten dollar plane ticket, right? They want every plane to be full because you can you can model, you can plan, and you can budget for a full plane every time. You know, so you pay an extra for a bag, and you're paying an extra for whatever, but you can still get on a plane for a reasonable amount of money. And you know, okay, so you're you're landing at a secondary airport. You're not getting to the you know to land, flying to Heathrow, but you're still you know you're getting to where you need to get, and there's infrastructure to get you from the airport to where you need to be. So if you're looking to save money, there's an option. And I just don't understand why we haven't even tried that here. Ryanair is a very very different um, uh, market than here. There are 60 million people in 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 the United Kingdom. Um, and that and that includes like Scotland and Wales, of course. But there's 60 million people over there in in a in a, in a very very small area traveling all across uh, you know Europe, which is which is no bigger than the United States, really. So um, and and yeah, th and there's so many more people uh, who who true who are are flying back and forth. So it's not that hard to to fill a flight. There's always going to be some people moving. But I honestly, you know, 
a country that only has 34 million people and most of them live in two big three or four big cities i mean, I, I gotta stop saying two big cities because right now it is pretty much three or four there really isn't that much need to get out to these smaller areas you know so so i, th- I think a lot of i think a lot of montreal toronto milk runs are paying are subsidizing these the, the these these smaller flights in some way too well they definitely are i mean look if if Philadelphia, Washington, New York, Chicago, you know, and a few other East Coast cities were all sort of in a regional zone, you know, and then there's California on the other end and, and whatnot. Uh, there's a market for something like this, and I'm sure that it would be viable. I mean, look, like you say, some of these other flights are subsidizing uh, the smaller flights, guaranteed. Look, Canada Post had a competitor come up one day, and they said, you know what? You want to send a letter in the island of Montreal? Ten cents. A letter to Yellowknife, four dollars, and then they started and the business plan. They started doing, it, and all of a sudden, Canada Post, I think, sued them or or whatever. And the government said, "Well, if you're going to compete against somebody that's giving a constant price to all the citizens, then you have to do the same." And and then that broke their business model, so they were forced out of the game before they even got really started. So. You know, they were basically going to be making, you know, tons of cash on these, you know, local things because they were going to have volume. And they say, okay, you know what? It's not $4 to send it to Yellowknife. It's probably like $20. But they still, you know, have it in there, but it's a different scaled, you know, it's tiered pricing. But a letter is a letter in Canada, right? 42 cents with a little P on the stamp. And, you know, you know that stamp's good for life, right? It's, it's worth one envelope. But no, so they couldn't compete with that. Same type of thing, I think, with the airline industry is they're discouraging any kind of innovation to compete because they don't want Air Canada to uh, to flounder. Yeah, and that's and that's until Canada Post comes up with a you'll require a P plus five. It used to be like that. It used to be like that. It it, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, they took the whole P thing from from England. England has a first class stamp and a second class stamp, and then whatever else afterwards. First class first class stamp is guaranteed to get anywhere within the British Isles next day delivery. So you put a first class stamp on your letter. That letter will get anywhere you want in the United Kingdom, uh, England, uh, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, uh, the Isles of Scilly, um, the Isle of Man, and all those other isles. Um, and and you'll get there next day. And then the second class stamp costs. You know, maybe a couple pence less, and we'll get there probably the next day too. But you know, if there's room left in the bag, so uh, I mean, the, the the deep dark secret in the in the in the Royal Mail is that you send something second class and most likely get the exact same time as as a first class stamp. But people go for the first class stamp because it's got that nice prestigious look. Oh, look, he sent this first class. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's called keeping up with the Joneses. Bit. Those are Welsh, though. We don't want to keep up with them too often. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, first class stamp goes up every year. You pay a bit more for your first class stamp, and sure, that first class stamp that you bought four years ago is the same, is is exactly the same as 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 the first class stamp you buy today. Even though the one you bought today costs you more money, but you know that that's a loss they're 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 taking. You know, I, I, I guess, but it never used to be like that in Canada. You know, you had to pay X amount of cents. You know. 29 cents, 30 cents, whatever it was to send a letter and it, that was it. I think I think that is probably one of the good things the, the Canada Post did. I got rid of all those penny stamps. You know, the year comes over and you still have 10 stamps left over and you want to send a letter and you got to go out and buy one penny stamps or whatever. And I think they wanted to get rid of that 
and encourage people to use the mail, right? And uh, how many people would like look at an envelope and say, you know what, I'm going to hand deliver this. I don't want to go out and buy a penny yeah. stamp, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> They'll say, I'll just drive by the dentist and give him his check or whatever. So I think they're- I, f- I found that doing that was costing me a lot more to go deliver that in Calgary, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was paying so much on gas. <laughs> but it- and the time. Yeah. Oh, well, God. You got to sell those clients that. along the way. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but no, but seriously, mm. though, I mean, like, they also, I mean, the Canada Post has another re- big reality is that it, it is it is competing with technology very much the way that 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 uh, that airlines are competing with technology. And I found it kind of funny, actually, this week I was reading. I was actually just just today I was reading on the um, on, on the interwebs that uh, Virgin America has stopped using Flash on its site altogether simply, uh, and they're enabling HTML5. So simply because they know that 90-something percent of their uh, users to Virgin America services have iPhones. So they want to make sure that these users, you know, are that they're queued into the technology, that these users are able to check their applications, check their flights, check everything on their iPhone, and they won't have any, any issues like that. And I thought it's really, really, it's really amazing that companies like Virgin America can be so forward thinking. They can really know uh, what's happening. They really have their pulse on their customers. They really know what their customers are doing at all times to be able to say, okay, we're going to give you some pretty good internet service on your flight. We're going to give you lots of TV on your set flight. There's going to be, uh, you know, uh, short of fluffers actually on the flight altogether. They got some, some, some pretty good service. You pay a little bit more for it, but your flight's never delayed. Your flight, your plane is always, uh, is always in good shape and you're always going to get to where you're going to go. Um, and, and, and I would love to see a Virgin America in, in Canada. And just like kick some some serious customer service butt. Can you play Call of Duty still on a Virgin America flight? I, I guess uh, I, if you have enough people there. I mean, I, I don't know who would be the node. Uh, <laughs> as you, has anybody used the internet on a flight yet? Have you have you had a chance to use that, Steve? Uh, no, not yet. Um, the, I've been on a few flights that had it. But it wasn't included. Okay. It was like a $12, you know, and I typically fly an hour yeah. or two at a time. So that's just enough time to watch Star Trek or something on my I've, iPhone. I've actually, I've actually, been, I don't want to, I don't know if I should be saying this out loud or not, but on a couple of four, a porter flights I've had, I've actually had Blackberry service like from the ground pretty much throughout the entire flight. <laughs> well, they're not supposed to have it apparently. Apparently it jams the equipment and all that. But I saw the pilot on his iPhone. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, he was awake. The pilot was awake. <laughs> well, he's got a turboprop. I don't know if they have that uh, that same uh, feature as uh, as uh, as they do on the big flights. There, see the guy at air. The, the pilot, the was, air on traffic, air, pilot was on the the pilot was on the iPhone because his son was flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say the guy at air traffic control must have been wondering what that little ticket, 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 ticket they was hearing through the microphone. <laughs> you know what? I should be really careful. I said because the captain of our soccer team is a pilot for Air Canada. And every time I make Air Canada jokes, he has a little, he gets a little edgy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so what's this Call of Duty thing you're ranting on about? Well, no rant. I just, uh, I, I bought the game and I still haven't had a chance to play it. Uh, it's just sitting on my sitting on my counter for I don't know if that's good marketing or what, but it's been sitting on my desk now for two two months, easy, maybe even three. But I read in the paper that um, 
Activision are actually creating an entire business unit around Call of Duty. So I'm guessing they're fully franchising it and they're going to take it to the next level uh, for sure. I've never heard of a video game doing that before. Maybe you're, I'm wrong. You're playing Call of Duty on your PS3 or on your Xbox? PS3. On your PS3. So you have your Call of Duty on your PS3. Can you? And you're playing against other PS3 users or are you playing against Wii users and, and PC users at the same time? No, it's just uh, PlayStation 3 uh, people. Same thing on Xbox. You only have access to people on... Um, Xbox Live. Oh, okay, so like, uh, like if 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 Steph and I, you know, got Call of Duty on our on our Wii, we couldn't. You we, could play could... together, but you couldn't play with me. It's like oh. there's all these different silos, platform silos that you you're stuck in. Well, that's a bit of a shame. Uh, it is, uh, but it's that's because um, Xbox want to host their servers, <laughs> right? And PlayStation have sort of done the same thing, where there's a PlayStation network now. Whereas before that, if you look at games like Blizzard, uh, you'd go on uh, Blizznet or whatever it was called, and uh, you know, what's that? Battlenet. That's right. Yeah, and, it's and, a, the and, Wow guy will explain it to us here. Right. <laughs> and, and they basically host it. So if you're, you know, but it was only for PC, anyways. But they are hosting. Nope. The, uh, the, PCs or Mac. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the same thing, really. Yeah. I can't believe I just said that. Well, that's but, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually anxious for Diablo 3 because they announced a simultaneous uh, delivery. Uh, for whenever Diablo comes out, they're going to de- uh, deploy Mac and PC on the same day. There, there's, there's been a lot That's of talk excellent. like that, too. Eh? There's been a lot of talk about that, saying, that, oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. And, and Valve are trying to do that with their Steam as well and saying, hey, you know, like, oh, we've got a Mac thing coming out and we'll have, like, you know, uh, a zero-day difference between the two platforms. And I've been a Mac user long enough now to know that's full of crap. They never release anything on time uh, on both platforms. But I don't know. Maybe the Intel chips are going to change something, but I've never really seen much of a... I'm a, of actually a, hoping that it'll be like you buy one box and you walk away. I'm hoping they're not going to make two SKUs and two different... Oh, of course they will. Oh, that's, oh come on. Well, you got to get marketing involved in this. It's more money for them to lose. They actually you know? have to brand two different boxes and you know shelf space at stores and stuff they pay for 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 shelf space in stores why would they want to make sure they had good product placement for two identical products cuz they're not really identical are they I mean, that's, that's, that's the, and that's, that's the platform that's going to want to tell you that too. You know, like the guys, the guys who are, who are, who are pure PC gamers will tell you that gaming on a Mac is just a freaking joke. Um, and, and they're going to want you to, you know, and then it's going to have all your stuff. So I don't know. I have a feeling that, that, that mentality of PC gaming versus Mac gaming isn't going to go away for a while. It's, it, it, there's, there, the PC guys are just, there's a guys who spend like, I don't know thousands of dollars a year just like revamping their machine to play one game they play for like 45 minutes because they then they level it out and finish it all up and then they basically start over again or play 10 minutes of crisis and watch your computer melt and then say <laughs> okay well i got my 10 minutes in what's next yeah. or, you know and i don't like i i played far cry 2 uh, far cry 1 when it first came out or whatever and i, and I you know I, I had turned everything off on my old dell box and it was a real a piece of you know that, that the game was like oh it was a lot of work but i mean generally speaking i didn't find the game that interesting you know it's a nice first person shooter you run around you blow the crap out of everything but i mean like all right, cool. I find that the graphics on look much much nicer on an Xbox uh, Live or a, or sorry Xbox 360 or a PS3, and and I'm actually even impressed by some of the Wii graphics. 
but uh, anyway, so that's just uh, that, that, you know, that's just my personal thing. I, it would be cool to to play uh, Call of Duty against you, but obviously that's not going to happen. You'll have to keep that on your shelf a little bit longer. Well, or you I can buy Steph and I PS3. Yeah, or uh, have a second <laughs> controller here. So uh, one day maybe in the band cave, throw some flying snakes on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can bad. buy Chris Pronger. <laughs> Chris, come game with us. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> My name is GF Forche. <laughs> yes, you can reach me at mononk at twofatdads.com. <laughs> or Big Fat Canuck. <laughs> Great. Now I got to go register that your ass too. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, so, I got a jet. You I got have, a jet? Yeah. Time for me to hit the hay. Right. Ben, five, thank you. Five o'clock in the morning is awfully early. Oh, yes. You're still traveling in the very far, aren't you? Yeah. How, how are the renovations going around the house? Uh, let's see. We just dropped a lot of money on the kitchen. Oh. So that's it was supposed to come in the ninth. They just called us this morning, telling us it's coming in the eleventh. Uh, so that means all the cabinets, all the everything. Right now, I've just got gyprock, and the tiles are coming on tomorrow, and that's where we're at. So it's going to be the end of three months without a kitchen. It's, it's about time. Well, we're 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 taking on that project this summer, so uh, we should uh, we should talk. Yeah, we definitely. <laughs> Because there's a lot of things to uh, to think of. I, I, t- I tell you what, this is what we're gonna do. Uh, before uh, before the spring is over, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go down to Costco and we're gonna get some big ass steaks. Uh, we're gonna buy a couple of those Heine kegs, um, and we'll have a, a an official two fat dads DIY barbecue. Um, and and we'll uh, we'll we'll, we'll chim out a plan for everybody, and we'll uh, we'll maybe we'll record it. Who knows? But we gotta we gotta we gotta get around the because you before everybody either gets completely lost in their renovations, or after the the two the two three of us are actually finished our renovations, you know, let's take a lick us to sidestep, have a big barbecue, have a big roast up, and then uh, and then and then talk we'll about it and see what talk to, about it and, yeah, and what get can back be done it. and yeah. what can be what you got to remember, blah blah blah, yeah. Yeah, so just so so the, the ladies can talk all about the uh, the type of wood and the uh, hardware that'll go on the cabinets, and we can figure out what tools we have in a general pool, and uh, <laughs> figure out. I, how to I, I have a, I have a feeling the discussion will go like this. Uh, a couple of us will talk about how uh, the stakes aren't big enough. Uh, we'll drink far too much beer. Uh, the women will just generally, generally be comparing how slow all of us work, generally speaking, and how we should be working a lot harder. And at the end of the night, uh, everybody will have too much wine, and we won't have talked about anything real at all. <laughs> cool. And, and, and like the kids one of will, our dad casts. <laughs> and the kids will be crying in the background. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It was fun. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Eric. Later, guys. Oh, Lost that's again. Right. Lost again. Probably at Home Depot. Probably. No, no, you hang up first. Later, guys. Now that we can talk, Pronger was in my basement the whole time, and he was really sad. Tell him you should have put that much emotion into the game, okay? It's a trap!